Hi, everybody, and welcome to another barnstorming episode of Divi Chat, the show since 2016 that keeps delivering every Tuesday to a global audience. This is episode 239 of our show, and whether you are live, uh, listening to us live or afterwards, we hope you take something away with you tonight. And if you have something to contribute, please comment in the chat. And uh, we love coming on and sharing our experiences regarding the Divi theme, WordPress, SEO, and how we run our web design or coaching in web design businesses. We even have the incomparable wisdom of a businessman that sells plugins, themes, and tutorials with us. So let's get things started and we'll run around and we'll start in Europe uh, and we'll start with Eric. Hey everybody, yeah, uh, my name is Eric. I'm with Divi Agency Coach and In Transit Studios and this week I am in Warsaw, Poland. Um, it's been a fascinating week. Um, we're meeting so many amazing people and uh, yeah, but this is our last leg of this trip and then we'll be heading back to the States next week for the summer before we hit the road again in the fall for Lima, Peru for the rest of the year. Very nice. Sarah. Hey guys, Sarah Oates here with Endure Web Studios. You can catch me at endure.com.au or Endure Web on the socials. For all of those who are, I guess, on the eastern side of Australia, we are down to 7am for Divi Chat. So you're going to get back to the good old days where I start real tired and then I ramp up as we go through and the coffee <laughs> <laughs> through the episode. I generally get up at um, around about 15 minutes before we start. I often don't know the topic. So welcome to winter, people. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> Thanks, Sarah. <laughs> Tim. Hey, everyone. Tim Streifler here, uh, broadcasting from San Clemente, California, which it's only uh, 2 p.m. here. So uh, unlike Eric and Sarah, I have no excuse for being tired, but I am because it's after <laughs> lunch and it's just I need to wake up a little bit. Um, yeah, you can find me online at DiviLife.com where I have all my Divi plugins, child themes, layouts and tutorials and WPGears.com. I have my Divi Business Expert course with my pal David, as well as WP the Podcast, uh, my WordPress podcast with with David Blackman. Um, it was off the air for a year and a half, not planned. It just we got busy, and then and life got in the way. <laughs> we finally are are uh, releasing our daily short, actionable uh, podcast episodes. So definitely check that out. That's great. Thanks, Tim. Uh, my name is Mike Devitt and my company is Web Design Pro. And if Web Design Pro was a Formula One team, it would have the precision of a Mercedes, the persistence of a Huzz, the determination of Red Bull and the flair of Alpine. You can catch me on all the classic social media platforms. And if you're going to WordCamp Europe in June of this year, it would be great to meet you then. So that would be brilliant. Um, our, our panel is ready they're on the grid tanks full of fuel and ready to race around our topic for this hour and our topic tonight is what makes a great long-term website for a customer um so what are the in, uh, key ingredients for long-term success and how do you approach that uh, anybody want to kick us off with uh, how they approach Tim that with to define customer. something. I don't know what you're going to define, Tim, but you've got to figure out something to define. Go here. for it, Tim. What's long term? Long term. What's long term? We need to know yeah. what does that mean. <laughs> yes, good point. Well, actually, Sarah. I was going to I was going to define success. 
Okay. Um, so <laughs> if that's okay. Um, so yeah, what, you know, what, what is the go-to recipe for long-term website success? And that's the tricky thing because what is success? It's going to vary greatly depending on each and every client. So success to a restaurant with their website would mean getting more people in the door and, uh, you know, booking more reservations success to a contractor would mean more booked projects, you know, so there's success is different and the website should just help facilitate that. And so, uh, a lot of times as web designers, as creatives, it's like, we try to sell beauty or sell features when it comes to a website, but that's not what the customer needs. The customer needs, you know, phone calls, uh, more walk-ins, you know, whatever, more leads. And so the success of the website is going to depend on, on the, the company and what their goals are. And the website should all, everything should aim towards that. Um, and so sometimes as web designers, we kind of have to put our, our pride aside because we want to build something really cool that, that we're happy with and we're impressed with and our colleagues would be impressed with, but that's not actually what's going to best serve the customer. So that's the tricky part is how do you, what is your go-to recipe for creating a successful website for each individual client and what they determine is what success is for their business. So Thanks. when you interviewing uh, your, your client, is this something that you're trying to tease out from them uh, at the beginning of your, you know, your, uh, that first, that first meeting that you have with you trying to get that information out from them then? Absolutely. And it, figure out what their goals are. It's like one of those things where you have to read between the lines because the client might not actually know what their goal is, right? Like they, they might be really clear and be like, yeah, like we want more phone calls. Great. But other times it's like, no, we just need an online presence. And you know, like we just need to refresh. And so they don't actually realize it. So it's, it's asking good questions, but also educating as well, because like, if you can not only figure out what uh, the client's goals are, but also help help them figure out what their goals are too in the process, like, man, like they might be getting five other quotes, but they're going to go with you because you're getting to the bottom of what they actually need rather than just trying to sell them bells and whistles. That's a really interesting one because actually that conversation, that first conversation that you're having with them is you know sometimes uh sarah you probably have this where you'll get um a contact form that comes through and it'll just say something along the lines of uh you know can you just give me a quote for six page a six page website and yeah you probably can give them a quote for a six page website and you could probably reply to that email but do you insist on having a conversation with them about their business first or do you just reply to that email and say well for around about six pages, this is what I'm prepared to do. Um, sorry, I'm having trouble with the internet and you guys are super glitchy oh, okay. for me. And I think it's I think it's at my end. So I'm sorry if I miss anything or if I end up being really glitchy, just let me know and I'll try okay. and boot my You're kids looking... off the internet. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking okay to us now. Did you hear the question? Um, about when people send through a 
um, email Contact asking form. about a yeah. six pay. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it depends. It's like sometimes you can tell people are just fishing for pricing. Like they're just trying to get a gauge on how much is this going to cost me? So it just depends on how it's worded to how I go about it. Sometimes I'll just literally go back and say, yep, our prices start at 5,500 for a five page website. Do you want to chat some more? So like if they're just fishing for a price, I'm happy to just give, I don't want to waste an hour talking to them and then find out they were only wanting to spend $2,000 on the project. So sometimes I'm really happy to just give them our base price and then we'll have a chat. So I'm, it's, I'm not quoting that it's definitely only going to cost that because for some people, they want a five-page website and those pages are long and those pages have lots of opt-ins and, you know, they've got lots of functionality. That's a whole different thing um, to a really basic five-page website. So, um, yeah, it depends, like, to be honest, how I'm going to answer that and really what they're looking for, I think, varies. But I definitely have people come along who say, I want a website that's going to last just for a while. Or they might ask the question, like, um, how long, like, how long is this going to last until I need to do a refresh? And so I definitely have clients kind of asking those questions. And I think it depends on how long longevity they want their website to last and how on the forefront of design they want to be to how I'm going to answer all sorts of questions like that. Like we've just had a site come back to us who we did like five years ago, but at the time they wanted it to be really cutting edge. It looks so outdated now. <laughs> and so I had to have that discussion with them just this week of like, I think your website needs a refresh. Um, I know you feel like you spent a lot of money on this website, but you want it to be cutting edge. And now it looks really outdated. If you don't want this to happen again, then we might need to really modify the design so that it's going to be able to last a little bit longer than what the last one did. And, and find that balance between you want it to look good, but you want it to last a long time. Whereas I've got other websites, we did it a long, long time ago. They're still kind of fine because the design, the stuff we used is still okay today. And yeah, it could do with a tweak, but maybe that's just a font tweak or a button tweak. It's not like the whole thing needs re refreshing in the way that this other site really needs refreshing. So that's a long way to answer your question, but I answer it lots of different ways and it all depends on the way they word it and also the questions that they ask to how I'm going to go back. Sometimes I'll be blunt. Sometimes I'll be like, we need to chat. Sometimes I'll be like, go bugger off. I don't want to talk to you. So it just depends. <laughs> like I get a lot of emails. <laughs> That's great. Eric, what do you, what do you, how do you approach that when you're, when you're getting, um, you know, these, these, these contact forms through that are just asking you for, for pricing do you just do that or do you say no i must have a i must talk to you because i want to talk to you about your business and and try and so you could look at it the other way um that though they've asked you for a price you're going to insist on having some sort of conversation with them because you want to win the business so that might be a, a a way in and whilst i completely accept what sarah just said um but you might just approach it in a slightly different way maybe Starting out, I used to, because I was, you know, just so sure and confident of myself that I thought, well, yeah. if I can just get them on a phone call, you know, that that's it. Um, yeah. And so I really strive for that. And honestly, the harder, you know, I finally realized the harder I had to work to get a client, 
um, the bigger pain in the butt that client ultimately was. Um, and so now I do it the exact same way. I kind of get a sense. You get a, you, you get a sense from the email, um, how much information they put in the request. Um, a lot of times based upon just their, you know, their email address. Um, you know, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you can tell from their email address that it's actually another web designer. Um, yeah. and that's fine. Uh -huh. I don't mind. I've just, here's my pricing, you know, here's our pricing page. I, and I mean, I love helping out other web designers. We all do. That's why we're here. So, um, I just think it's funny when they try to hide it and then their email is, you know, at amazingwebdesign.io. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, so yeah, I, I try to get a sense of, of who they are, but then I, you know, follow up like, Hey, here's our starting price for a website. And then sometimes I'll put in there, but you know, I have often found that most business owners come to us and because their, their current website isn't working and they don't actually need a new website. So I'd like to, you know, jump on the phone for a, a quick conversation. Um, because like going back to what Tim said, the more I have shifted into being an educator for our clients and helping them understand what a website really can do and what it can't do for your business and the limitations. Cause some people come and they just think we're going to, you know, we just need you to build this website and put it out there. And then man, the phone's just going to start ringing. It's going to be great. And it's like, that's not actually how it works. Um, and so when you can educate a client, uh, I found it just goes so much better for them. Um, and I tell clients all the time, my goal is to never get fired by you. Um, so I want to <laughs> set you up for success. So. Love it. That's great. I love that. Uh, I think that, uh, so, so far, Tim kind of summed up saying, you know, uh, understanding uh, what the customer needs. And, and I suppose encapsulated into that is the understanding the audience you're selling to. Uh, you're building the site. So we often say to our, to our customers, look, we're, whilst we're talking to you about this website, we're actually building the website for your customers, trying to understand, you know, what your customers are looking for. We're not building the site necessarily for you because, you know, this is not all about you. It is more about your customers. So, you know, trust us to build it for your customers so that we get into this conversation. And, and I think the key part of one of the key ingredients for a long term website success, coming back to the point that we're sort of uh, doing on the show tonight, is that you're looking to uh, establish this rapport with a customer at the beginning. So, part of the long-term success of that website is the more you understand and the more rapport that you perhaps have with that customer, the l more likelihood it is that you're going to have a website with, with long-term success. What I thought I was going to do tonight was I was going to run through a couple of scenarios. And, uh, and I, these are kind of sort of scenarios that have been put to me before. And I thought what we'll do is hopefully we'll um, get some people, um, some of our regular listeners in the chat um actually engaging with us as well on this to see what they would do in these scenarios but here we go so i'll start off with a maybe a typical scenario so i'm an electrician and i've been freelancing for a little while now and i've dabbled a bit with wix where i've learned to add a phone number a few pictures that i downloaded from google uh, and i'm getting a few inquiries but not enough to sustain me and my website is http 
colon forward slash forward slash insert my name here dash electrician.com because dot com's the right way to go right uh i've already purchased the dot biz the dot co the dot debt net versions of the domain name too because what the company name is important to me the trouble is my website looks a bit small on a mobile phone i can't really see it that well it's that important these days uh, i don't think it is i think most of my customers catch me from their desktops at home my home page is two pictures and a phone number but calls are low i think i've got my email address on there and it's white text on a gray background um that's okay isn't it uh, i've got this great font by the way it's courier and i've got it all in italics and nice and light on the site too font size of 10. Uh, my wix analytics are saying that i've got quite a few visitors from china but all my business is local uh, and my bounce rate is 75 percent on the site so that's good right almost 100 <laughs> percent. i've only got 25 percent to go you can help with that too right and that's a typical kind of scenario from people that have tried and think they know uh, what they're doing. So, guys, it's all yours. Who wants to <laughs> kick off with how they would approach that conversation with that electrician? That was that was good. I like that, Mike. Yeah. Uh, I, I just I, I'm not going to necessarily address the or answer the the, the question, but I, I I just I wanted to point out that it's like we've all been in those shoes maybe with with other professions right like maybe you're yeah you know talking to your accountant or you're talking to your your contractor your plumber or whatever and you think you know what you need and so you're trying to tell them what they should do for you and so a good yeah. professional isn't going to just do what you say because that might be the wrong thing instead they're going to drill down they're going to figure out and they're going to you know guide you and rec make recommendations and then you know carry out the work and stuff and so it's like you we always talk about how we don't know what we don't know in the education process of learning web design, but that's true with clients too. Clients don't know what they don't know. And so this uh, fictitious example that Mike has brought up with the electrician is like, he doesn't know, like he's not a web designer. And so, you know, I'm over here chuckling because it's like all these cliche things that are funny to us web designers, but to a lay person, a small business owner that's not in the field, like they don't know, like they're just trying to do what they think is is right. But that's where we come in. And instead of just selling features, take a more consultative approach and sell them, you know, what's going to actually ultimately make them successful, not just give them what they think they want. So anyways, that was that was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, Steve's come up with the uh, the he would attach crocodile clips to his earlobes and shock some sense into him. Is that the correct response? <laughs> Yes, uh, yes not quite is. steve almost <laughs> and it's an electrician it works um, <laughs> i love these kinds of inquiries because and and here's why because and 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 some of that i mean you that was brilliant what, what you came up with there but honestly when somebody comes and they've looked at that and even if knows a little bit even if they're completely wrong with their bounce rate they're trying and they care about their business. And mm -hmm. that's a kind of business owner I can help because I, I want to work with people that care about the, their businesses. And this is a great opportunity to just come alongside them and in a way that doesn't make them feel stupid. Yeah. Um, just educate them a little bit and, and compliment what they've done. And cause when you first started out and, you know, I, I was going to say, and then you got into the whole, whole list of things like, 
there are definitely clients now that come, you know, to us and we look at their website and just, we just are very honest and we say, you know what, actually your website's not the issue. Um, there's a few things we need to do. It needs a very clear call to action. And that really should be up in this upper right-hand corner. And here's why. And when you tell them, always lead with the why, always tell a client why something like that should be done. And they just almost always go, oh yeah i've noticed i've seen i've and so they start associating that with it um and so you know just a few tweaks on your your website but the the problem is really over here you know it's 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 your your google business profile um it's you know you've got one review and it's you and all of your competitors have you know 180 reviews and nobody's ever going to call you. I don't care how much money you give me to build your website. I, I, you, you, can, you can get sink $50,000 in a website and ain't nobody going to call you um, because nobody comes to your website. Well, I'm, I'm using exaggerating terms, but the majority of people are going to land on your website through a search engine. And as a local business, you're, that map pack, you want your phone to ring, you better, you better get those fixed. So let's, let's tweak a couple things on your website, but let's, let's work on your reviews. Let's work on your Google, my business. And then, you know, 30, 60, 90 days later, then we can come back around the, to working about your website. But it, right now I'd just be stealing from you if I did any work on your website. Um, and now you're building trust and people buy from people they know, like, and trust. And so you build trust. Now you get started over here. Um, and if you don't do that, that's fine. Find somebody that does partner with them, have them do that. And then you can come back and say, okay, now that we've got that taken care of, now it's your website. Now let, now let's tackle your website. Um, and so that's kind of my approach to local businesses like that. Love that. Do you, do you, uh, would you go through, so you, you're making notes as you're, as you're listening to the, the, the guy put this scenario to you so you're going to go through everything and correct him on every part of this or are you going to go into actually you know this is what we would do uh at in transit studios or or, or in Jura studios you know what 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 would you what would you do there would you just take them down a, a road of how you would uh, attack their situation or would you look at it and say right well, i'm gonna you know perhaps run an audit through the site and have a look at you know um, how many pages that you've got. Would you do that while you're on the phone, or would you just just at this first stage, information gather? It's just information gather, and 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 what I'm looking for is, you know, what do you really need to happen in your business, um, and and how quickly does it need to happen? Um, you know, is it are you are you looking for phone calls? Are you looking for form submissions? What's what's the value? You know. We have a, a, a financial planner that um, contacted me and he he would like to get two, three clients a year. Okay, that's that's great. Um, you should be doing a lot of networking events <laughs> yes. when you're ready to like yeah. don't spend any money on pay-per-click. There's no sense to do spend money on SEO. Like you're only looking for two to three clients a year. Like that's that's nothing. But then we have a, a real estate broker and they're trying to, they want to grow by uh, 350 agents per month. Well, that's a completely different strategy. 
So you really got to know, like, maybe this electrician isn't looking. Maybe they do big, you know, they take on projects that are, you know, so massive that they can only do one a year. Well, then you don't need to do a whole lot through your website. And you may not even need the, the Google, the Google reviews at that point. But if you're a home electrician and you need 10 new clients a week, well, how many phone calls does that take to turn them into clients? And so you really got to kind of get into their business if you really want to help them long term um, before you can guide them. And then once you know that, then like I said, I normally, here's the analogy I, I, I like to, to use with people. Um, nobody has ever gone to a department or a, a, a hardware store to buy a drill um, because nobody needs a drill. Um, we go buy a drill because we have a hole that we need to make. Um, and again, back to uh, Tim or Sarah said, like, don't try to sell a bunch of features. Nobody, nobody needs, like there's no business out there that needs a website. I've never met a business that needs a website, but I've met a lot of businesses that need customers and customer activity. And the website's one way to do that. Um, so you got to find out what the customer really needs before you can make a, a really solid recommendation. Love that. That reminds me, I, uh, a, a job I had back in the day, I was selling advertising uh, to home uh, professionals, construction, that sort of thing. And I was talking to a landscaper that was like super intense about it, like almost yelling at me. He's like, I do not sell trees and landscaping. I sell privacy. <laughs> But it like made so much sense because it's like that's the, what his customers ultimately wanted. And he was able, yeah. you know, through his experience to figure that out. And so he doesn't want to sell people landscaping. He wants to sell them, you know, an oasis, you know, privacy, you know, whatever. So anyways. <laughs> no, that's good because that then comes back to the the content, you know, if you help them, you know, create content for their website. Totally. Um, you know. So, anyway. Yeah. For sure. Interesting. So basically, then you 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 uh, you get past this 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 first call, and you've got some information, and you've decided that you're going to work. You know, you're going to work with them. They've signed up with you. They've spent uh, five thousand Australian with you. You're going to build this this amazing site for them. And so now let's talk about this recipe and the key sort of ingredients that you think that you would put into any of these websites do you run through some specific things that uh, uh the obvious things call to actions things like that but what about what about that home page what about that hero section is that something that you're that you're looking at first how do you attack it anyone well, to be honest <laughs> Like, I mean, I'm going to be having chats with them about what they're looking for, et cetera, et cetera. But then to be honest, the next stage for me is I give the full brief over to Sophie and then she starts working on it. And so she's doing the research of what are other electricians around us doing or often what we'll do is um, we'll look in Melbourne and Sydney and see what electricians are doing in some of the bigger cities and kind of work out from them what's looking like it's working, what what is attracting us as we come to it. Obviously, those kind of industries are great to work for because 
they're the kind of ones we can understand as a customer, which is great. Like there are some businesses where it's much harder for us to work out, well, what is a customer looking for as they come to that business? So like an electrician, we're going to look around at a whole bunch of different websites, go, okay, well, these ones are really kind of look easy to use. I know what, where to find stuff. What are the elements that are making that one work? Okay. Let's now put that together with the branding that we have. And so we're not really talking to the client at that point about our suggestions. We're then coming up with two different designs. They might approach it differently. They might have different elements involved in it. And then we're going to take that to the client and say, these, this is what we've come up with. These are the reasons that we've come up with this. Um, and then we get their feedback and then start working on revisions of that homepage. So I think most of the time clients aren't really going to know what they need or want at that point. They just know that they kind of, they've done a good job to this point. They're pretty happy with how it's going, but that, you know, they need some help. So we're going to need to do the research and come back to them with that information. Um, So I would assume at this point, you know, they're wanting the new website and they are wanting to kind of take our advice because we've got them over the line. Um, One thing I was going to say before is I think a client like that could go one of two ways. One way is they are just the DIYer. Like they come and they say, I've got this all underhand, but it's just not doing what I want. But they really don't want your help. (laughs) Like I think it can go that way with that person or it can go the other way where they're really open and excited. Like they've had a good crack at it. And when you explain, look, Wix is a lot harder to talk with Google and um, it's a lot harder to customize where things are and how they look. And if we switch you over to WordPress, you're going to be entering that new phase. And all of a sudden they feel like they're entering the big, big boy town and they're excited about like, you know, ramping their business up to the next level. And the, once you've explained like the reason that font column and font size matters and on your phone matters and blah, 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 they're on board. And so if they're on board at this point, they're happy to take your advice. So you can come to them with whatever elements you think are going to work. And they're most likely at that point going to be like, great, looks good. Like I'm on board. I find anyone who's in that kind of industry, to be honest, they don't have the time um, and at that point, they've probably got to the point where they trust you. They don't really care. Like yeah, they yeah. just want it to work. Yeah. They might have, oh, I like that color better or I like that style better. But aside from that, like they just don't care and they don't have the time to deal with it. Um, so getting them to that point is more the hard work than at this point. Yeah. I just want to take you back to something like you said there, Sarah, which I thought was really good. Uh, and Greg's also mentioned this as well. Uh, I'm always taking a dive in a client's competition where possible. And it's mm-hmm. it, and it's kind of also trying to understand one of the first questions I ask, you know, is there anything that sets you apart from your competition or anything that you do that you know you're, you know, anything you specifically do that they don't do? So with an electrician, there might be some services that they provide um, or some things that actually they don't do. Um, because then they they might be niching in a particular area and they say, no, I can't do that because I, I don't have the qualifications for that particular area um, and I'm never going to get the qualifications for it because it's too expensive or whatever, but I can do this. So these are the, you know, this is what I'm targeting. This is what I'm looking for. And then when you're looking at their competition, that, that also helps inform you uh, with your 
taking also you want to make sure you don't steal a design of one of their competitors like it's really important (laughs) like you want to kind of work out well what are their competitors doing i don't want it to look exactly the same as theirs so you like even if you're distinguishing visually from it's like especially in any of these tradey kind of worlds a lot of the websites can end up looking a lot like each other. So I think it's really important to work out what is around you. And that's often why we research like in other cities in Australia, partly because these kind of things are super local. So you look at the local stuff, often local stuff here. We're in like a, a big country town almost, like Canberra is a city, but it's it's not massive. So often the competition is ugly. And so that's great for us because then we can like look at what's happening in the bigger cities because they have more money because, you know, there's more people. Steal some of the ideas, bring it back here, but also make sure that's not already happening here because you don't want it to look anything like their competition because that's not going to help them. Yeah, so don't steal designs, basically. Actually, have you ever have, have you ever come across anybody that's um stolen one of your designs so you put out a, a website and then i had someone you know, that had my exact website in some other country oh, really? <laughs> i even had my photos <laughs> same, same thing happened to me yeah really Tim? they, they use <laughs> my my like uh screenshots from my own my projects like websites yeah. that i built yeah it was they had a photo of me <laughs> on their website. that's funny <laughs> um we actually had someone um steal a logo that we had done so we had done a custom logo for a client and it was really unfortunate. Somehow it must have got stolen and put on Pinterest or something like that. And then in that same, lo- it was a little town, that same little town, a candle company had paid like Fiverr or something to create a logo for them. And they had somehow found the exact same, like found the little image that we came up with. And then they used it on this candle company. And so then the candle company, like it was this whole big thing. And then we were like, crap, like, and luckily our company had promoted it on Instagram well before the other one had. So it was very clear they came first, but yeah. So we've had stuff stolen. Definitely. Yeah. So there's one of the key ingredients is understanding copyright. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, you can't convince a client to trademark stuff. Like it takes, it takes months and months and months and they often don't want to go through the process. So no, and I, I think it's, it's interesting though, isn't it? Because we know as designers, we need to understand copyright for ourselves because um, part of the issue and the problem with our electrician friend here is that, you know, he's uh, he's downloaded a few pictures from the internet because that's okay, isn't it? And he's uploaded <laughs> yeah. them to his site and some people just don't know and they just don't understand it. Um, yeah. But again, uh, for an electrician, the good part about them is they're probably not going to write a blog realistically. And (laughs) you, (laughs) yeah, at this point, you're building a brand new website for them. You can go and get all new stock imagery and they're never going to change the images because they don't have time. They're too busy in their business. So the great part about this kind of business is once it's built, they're probably not going to touch it. Whereas you pick another business and that's a whole different thing. They are writing blogs and they are continually stealing off Google and you have to educate them in a different way. Whereas this person, they're probably not going to touch it once it's done, which is useful. Yeah. Okay. So let's just run through scenario number two and see if there's anything that comes out of this. Um, This might uh, be quite sort of... uh, 
helpful for somebody. Okay, scenario number two. I, I already have a WordPress website. It was built for me, but the design has gone missing. I don't have any of the admin logins, but I do have an author login. Um, I don't have access to the domain. Uh, I'm on page two to three of Google, but I think my message is not really getting through to my customer base. I also get a few calls, but they're not the right ones. I build wardrobes and I have a ton of images that I've taken on my iPhone 5. A few of them are a bit blurry, but they get the message across. Uh, the designer um, gave me access, my author access, uh, and I've created a few blog posts, um, but they seem to be slower than the rest of the site. Images take ages to load. They're sort of coming down the screen slowly. Um, can you build me a website that will get me onto page one? I've got um, around about uh, 50 pages. And what I've done is I've put all of the links to them in the footer. So I've got wardrobes, Laguna Beach, wardrobes, San Clemente, wardrobes, Malibu, and every other place in the Los Angeles area. Uh, each page has a small amount of copy on it. And then I've copied many of the pages and just changed the names of, uh, of the towns of the areas. Um, and that's another kind of scenario where you've you've walked into that uh you've walked into the situation where the design of the uh, other design has gone missing and you're, you're potentially dealing with somebody that um thinks that iphone images from an older phone are okay mm. so anything anybody want to comment on that one yeah it will and the the outdated seo tactics too yes. that's that's hard because uh, it's like they already think that they know something. Yeah. And so it's like trying to correct that can be challenging because it's like it's actually hurting you more than it's helping you. Yes. It's yes. a really tricky one because, I mean, in that case, it is because there's duplicate content, but there are still SEO companies that are doing that. So I have a client where they paid an SEO company and that SEO company did that, created all the suburb um, pages did write individual content for those suburb pages. They're not linked all in the footer, but they are working, which is frustrating yeah. <laughs> that they are working. <laughs> and so it's tricky because it's outdated and it's terrible and you shouldn't do it, but some companies still do it and it does sometimes work and that's really challenging. And also you've then got to decide, okay, if it isn't working, like, what are we going to do? Are we just going to delete them all and redirect to the contact page or to the whatever page? Like, how are we going to actually undo what's been done? Because you don't want to disturb Google too much in the process. So that is a whole tricky scenario, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. but it's it's part of the building for the future, isn't it? So what we're, what we're looking at here is we're looking at a tactic that we, we all understand to be incorrect. But... Yeah they're not being penalized for it. And actually some of the arguments that I've had with people in the past, which is, uh, well, they're all doing it and they're being successful with it. So why won't it work for me? So I always say to them, because long-term they are going to, it, that Google will get round to it and you, they will suddenly disappear off of page one or that page will disappear um, because it's very obvious what they're trying to do. And Google will just, you know, uh, get them for it but yeah um so if we go back to the start of that hmm. if someone came to me with this whole scenario i probably hmm. would say i didn't want to work with them like realistically <laughs> and the reason for that is because they're saying i want to be on page one 
And I would say, well, I'm not the right person to be working with, not because I can't help them with SEO. That's not it. But if they are already setting the standard of, I want to be in this particular position. And if they're in say wardrobes or whatever, and maybe that's a competitive market, then that's going to be a real challenge. Like the people who come with that perspective of this is what the outcome that I want, I would be thinking they're going to be a nightmare client and they're going to be watching those rankings like nonstop every day. And I'm going to be getting emails from them saying, we're still on page three. When is this going to happen? What's going to like, I don't, that's a massive red flag for me. Like if I, if in the discussion, I can then have a discussion with them and I realize, oh, they're not really like, so you know, I can explain to them Google is a beast. This is going to take a while. We can do what we can do. We, you know, it will improve, but it's going to happen over time. You might need to hire an SEO company who's going to write some blog posts for you or work on your, you know, and they come around and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Like then that's different. But I would be seeing that as a massive red flag and I'd be going in very cautiously to that conversation personally. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it it would come down to kind of what we were saying before, just a lot of client education, because the client yeah. thinks that the only way that they're going to get calls is if they're number one on Google for, you know, a specific keyword or, all, you know, these 20 different suburb keywords or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. so then, you know, obviously, assuming SEO is a service that you offer, you educate them on, okay, well, actually, like, you know, those are our short tail keywords that are super highly competitive and really hard, and it's going to take a long time. Like, that's could be a long term plan, but let's focus on short term goals, goals and going after long tail keywords and, you know, explaining like top of funnel, bottom of funnel, different things like that, and how blogging and content marketing can, can help with that. And you can uh, reach people before they even, you know, search for those super competitive keyword, you know, or, or whatever. And so going through that education process of like, I know this is what you ultimately want. Um, I ultimately want to win the lottery. You know, it's like, we can't always <laughs> do that, but like, you know, we can help do some, achieve some little goals along the way that, you know, maybe five years down the road, you will be ranking for those highly competitive uh, keywords, but let's not, you know, squashing that like unrealistic expectation and say, if there's anyone out there that can, is going to guarantee that you're going to get that, they're lying to you because that's just not possible. That's not how Google works. You can't just, you know, out of thin air, create authority on your website when you have a relatively new low ranking site. Like it's just not going to happen. But we can do these things to help you get customers through long tail strategies. Um, so, yeah, I think it, it comes down to that client education process and, you know, guiding them towards you know, without like being rude and telling them they're, they're stupid, you know, or implying that they're stupid because they don't know all the ins and outs of, of internet marketing, guiding them through to ultimately what they want through that consultative type of education. So, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I agree with Sarah too, where it's like, okay, you know, let's pump the brakes. Like if this is the only thing you're after, then like, I can't help you. <laughs> right. Right. And if you're just, if you're, if you're just starting out in, in web design, that's, you know, an, another option for this might be to find a a partner, somebody that does pay-per-click, um, or if you've reached the point where you're ready to add a service, or maybe you're never going to add services, and that's fine. But this is the type of client that I would come back to and say, 
hey, listen, you know, th there's a, a couple different strategies. There's only three ways, three, there's only three types of customers online. Um, people that have heard about you and, and through word of mouth and referral, um, people that know today they want to spend money on what you're selling and then people that have no idea you exist or that they need your product your blog is for the people that's there they they don't know yet they have to be educated um statistics tell us that those types of people are going to read, read an average of 20 pages on your website before they make a purchasing decision we're talking a long time to rank then a long time on, the, on getting that buyer to move to making a, a purchase. We can do that, but I'm gonna need you to invest, you know, be willing to invest six months to a year. Um, but let's 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 not go after them right away since it takes so much time. Let's let's make sure we're capturing all the word of mouth and referral. So when when you know somebody tells, you know, somebody sees this amazing wardrobe they've built in your in, in their place and and they want to know where to go and they, oh, you know, Bob's, you know, Bob's dressers build it for me. When nobody goes to the internet and types in bobstressers.com, they just go and type into Google. <laughs> get different Bob websites. <laughs> yeah, they just they just type in Bob Stress. Like that was the name. They hear your business name. That's what they type into Google. Man, you better look good when your name pops up right there. Let's yeah. let's get that first. Then a pay-per-click. I mean, because you can you can start getting activity, customer activity next week with investing in a pay-per-click campaign. But again, you have to understand the, the audience you're going after in that, um, you know, and that's, but that's gonna lead, lead, bring people to your website. So again, it comes back to, let's start with your, your, let's start with that marketing foundation, your website and reviews, boom. Once that's done, let's go after active searchers, which is pay-per-click local SEO. Once we got that, boom, then we go after the, the passive searchers with, with SEO. But honestly, if a client comes to me and they insist on starting with SEO, I don't want to work with them because they're going to fire me because in four months, they're going to be frustrated that nothing's happening. Yeah. Um, and so that that's my approach. It's kind of like Sarah. I'll talk to them. But if they're like, no, 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 it's going to be, you're going to have to find somebody else. Yeah, that's interesting. So Sarah, if I came to you and I said to you, okay, I'm going to, I, I, you know, I'm thinking I've got, ten thousand dollars i want to spend and you know uh i do want to be on page one but what could you do for me would that be a different conversation yeah for sure yeah, yeah. and generally yeah. my conversations with people are always going to be well google is a really hard game so this is a long-term strategy it's going to take a long time but we can definitely make your website as accessible as possible and as friendly as possible to google but then there's other things that you're going to have to do and that's going to be on you and whether you're willing to do that are you willing to write blog posts like are you willing to ask your clients for reviews because that's what it's going to take to start progressing in Google. But yeah, we can make a website that is as friendly as possible and as ready as possible for Google. And we can go from there. So sure. Yeah, got a couple of uh, comments here. We've got one from uh, Justin in the chat. He says, it's frustrating when clients have seen SEO services sold on Fiverr for crazy low prices. They don't understand that SEO done properly takes time and is priced accordingly and uh and then There's he follows also that like companies that charge heaps yeah and do it the wrong way so yeah. like yeah. 
the problem with SEO services, and this is something I'm constantly saying to clients is you can spend a lot of money. Like they're going to charge you a lot of money every month to do your SEO, but do you know how they're doing it? What approach are they going to take? And often, honestly, SEO companies, I find they put a lot of effort into it in the first month and then they just let it go. And unless you're going back to them and you're onto them, which is why these clients are a pain in the ass because they've been through this experience like then nothing happens and you get these monthly reports that really don't tell you anything. And they're often like, yeah, you're ranking for all these new terms. And then you go look at the terms that they're ranking for and you're like, well, that's got nothing to do with them. Like who cares? Or you see the backlinks that they're receiving and you're like, these are not backlinks that are useful to this person. So like, I, I agree that it sucks that Fiverr, but it's the same with logos, right? Like people are going to go to Fiverr if they don't understand that a good quality logo that's custom designed for them is going to help them. They're going to go to Fiverr or they're new and they can't afford like a custom design logo. Yeah. I get it. Like they're not my client anyway, so that's not who I'm looking for. Yeah. But someone who actually is happy to invest in SEO, finding a good SEO company is freaking hard. So it's really, really tricky, I think. Yeah. And, and back to, to Justin's comment, I think that's where, again, we keep coming back to it, but proper client education where you're, you're, you're giving them a, a abbreviated education on how Google and SEO works and, and that, you know, you don't just snap your fingers, press a couple of buttons, all of a sudden you're page one, like, you know, some people maybe on Fiverr imply can be done. Um, but that it's, you know, it's a long-term play and, and here's, you know, a lot of what you pay for is the strategy. We're going to do this, we're going to do that. And then it's not just this, you know, simple thing. And so, yeah, I, I just keep coming back to how important that client education is um, because clients don't know, like, the, you know, they, they see Google, they see their competitors and they want to be there, but they don't realize that it's, you know, what it's it is to get, to get there. there. Yeah. yeah. So, and then the, the thing is we're all in, the business of helping business so it's we, we want a win-win scenario so everything that we we've said this evening about um potential clients contacting us is that yes we'd like to help them but only if they're going to listen and be part of that journey and be part of the uh, at the same time what sarah said earlier about um, people that are busy that's a difficult situation because very often uh, when you've got somebody that's that busy waiting for content and things like that. So these part of this whole recipe for a, a long-term website success is just sometimes just even getting it built <laughs> uh, and getting the contract done from, from beginning to end. And then after that, if you've set the website up correctly and, you know, you've, um, You've done the things that Google's looking for. You've set correct headings. You've got H1s. You've got H2s. Maybe with some keywords in that uh, in that uh, website, but also not just that. Um, retaining those uh, people that are coming to the website, you know, uh, and that's done through also through good design. And we haven't really touched on design that much in this. Um, is there anything? in design that you think people should always be doing uh um ctas being the obvious one but is there anything else that um i think every page should of? have a slider at the top that's really slow and then <laughs> everything that you hover over should like do something really exciting like tons of entrance really animations big. 
Yeah. And, and, and then every, as you scroll down, font should be like... script. <laughs> so that's what yeah. not yeah. to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I had a developer that was building. Uh, this was an earlier child theme, and it was right after Divi came out with the new animation options, where you can animate every section, row, module, and then yeah, mm -hmm. this developer, uh, he no longer works with me, so um, uh, he basically thought it would be cool to like animate everything and so as i'm just scrolling down and stuff's like you know doing backflips into the page and stuff and twirling around and i'm like yes. oh my gosh <laughs> so, yeah anyway. yeah um, it's really tricky all that stuff and even divi doesn't make it great from the perspective of the standard settings like if you turn on a standard animation setting it is way too overwhelming. So sometimes you can do all the animations. You just have to tone it like right so. down, like the shadows, like let's pull that right, right down. Yeah. Or mm. that, like we use the scrolling animation a little bit with like background kind of really subtle elements just to float, but we float it like 0 0.5 to, to zero. Like that's our animation and it's really subtle. So I think it's all about sometimes Divi, you think it's a great idea to do it. And it's not that it's not a good idea, but you have to work out like, how can I like, I think that the goal is like pulling stuff right back so that you can still use elements, but you use them really subtly. Um, that's going to make it last longer. So yeah. even then that movement still might outdate itself, but that one's not too hard to fix further down the track. Um, but like we say, like sliders were really big at a time. Having the image come in from the side was like all the rage at one point or like having things like come up or whatever it is. Anytime you use anything that's front, front edge, like exciting right now, that's fine. But you need to educate your client right from the beginning. Look, if we do that, that's totally fine. But you need to be aware that maybe in two years time, we want to do a mini refresh and maybe we just alter those animations or maybe we just have a, a relook at like just slightly tweaking it at that point. So they've got the heads up that this is a really exciting website, but it's going to date in about two years. Whereas if you build a website for a client and you pull the stuff back, like you make it a little more boring, effective, but more kind of... Um, I don't know what the word is, but if you Classy. are able to, what was that? Classy. Classy, sure. Like having yeah. the white space and like just chilling it out a little bit, it might last five years. It might last seven years. And, you know, maybe then you still just tweak the buttons at one point. Like I, th I think buttons and fonts are really, or colors, like a global color is a really quick way to kind of tweak a website. Often what I've found, websites that are about five years old now, the colors are really bright. And so now I'm like, hey, you know what we could do? We could just bring that turquoise down to like a a slightly darker, slightly toned down turquoise, change That's your button out, and your whole website is going to feel fresh, like yeah. straight yeah. away. So sometimes it's just about that. But I think it's about educating clients that when they say, but I really want all this movement, then you say, no worries, we can do that. Let's do it kind of classy, like tone it down a little bit. But also in two years time, you need to be prepared that because you have done that then, it's going to look outdated quicker. So oh, yeah. do you really want to do that and refresh it in two years time? Or do you want to maybe approach it differently and do it in five years time? It's totally up to you, but you need to be aware that that's what you're choosing by choosing to have these fancy features. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. You know, going for, for clean and, and, and simple 
is definitely a way better kind of evergreen long-term solution when it comes to design opposed to the cutting edge stuff like Sarah's talking about. Um, and, and I feel like now where we are, uh, design, web design has kind of stabilized. And what I mean by that is like, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago or so, like it was changing so rapidly as the technologies were changing and stuff. And it was easy to see when a website was like a, just a couple of years outdated. And it wasn't necessarily that it was on the cutting edge. It was just like web design has changed so much. Yeah, You know, like we've seen like in, anything with like a box layout, I mean, immediately looks outdated or like, yeah. um, you know, certain navigation styles um, uh, can look outdated or like left-hand menus can really look outdated and stuff. And so there's certain things like that, that just like, Oh, just no one does that anymore. And it wasn't that it was cutting edge. It's just things have changed. And now, and a lot of that has been influenced by responsive design and just the way things stack, you know, going full width, everything stacks type of thing. And it's like those types of things have stabilized to where, you know, it's not going to, as long as you don't, you know, do things that are on the cutting edge of, of, of everything and super flashy, like chances are like, you'll get a good five to seven years out of your website. If you yeah. go the kind of the more clean, modest route, that sort of thing. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's hard when you're trying to convince a client cause they, they want to be impressed, but I'm of the belief that mm -hmm. in this day and age, the end user isn't impressed by really anything online. Like we've all seen it all. Yeah. We've seen, you know, all the flashy things and really cool points and animations yeah. and scrolling and stuff. So it's like, they're not going to just be like, wowed, right? Like we've seen it all before. Like if you've been to one Marvel movie, you know, it's possible with, you know, computer graphic. <laughs> so yeah. But then you've just got some clients who just want it, right? Like they want the logo bigger. They want things to move. I did a mechanic yeah. website and she was dead set. Like, I put a little bit of movement, like really subtle, nice, classy. And she's like, I just was expecting it to have a lot more movement. Like, and so I'm like, can you show me some examples? Like what sort of, what are we talking? Like I'm trying to understand it. So she was like, I just want it to, you know, move a lot and be exciting. And so I put so much movement in that website and I was like, just tell me which bits you like. And she's like, I like everything. It's great. And I'm like, okay. more, more uh, movement, more oh, movement no. is the new make the logo bigger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, and so it's launched and I don't love it, but she loves it and whatever. Like it's what it, she wanted. And sometimes you just have to do what the client wants, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. it's interesting and maybe how they'll come back in two years. Yeah, there's vogues in 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 web design as well, isn't there? And something you mentioned earlier, Sarah, about uh, websites being sort of blobs of color about five years ago. And when we're talking about sort of a, a more minimalist design or something that may last a little bit longer, where we're now sort of saying, well, okay, you know, you, if you have much more of a white background with just uh, subtle touches of color, as opposed to this, you know, big blue and there's an orange on top of a blue and whatever whatever the, the the color combination that happens to be um, that also now starts to look a little bit dated so maybe part of the recipe for long-term success is to build something that does have that sort of longevity through through the look because it'd be very interesting to see where web design goes in the next 10 years in terms of um, imagination uh, what people are doing, what we're all looking at and how we're comparing. Who's going to change the game? Is the game going to change that much in the next 10 years? Uh, yeah. it's be well, I, 
And, and I think all of, I was going to say, I think all of that is is going to be in content. Content is becoming so more, so much more dynamic and mm, tailoring, true. tailoring the user's experience based upon the action that has led them to that page. Um, and that's, that's where the next big evolution in, in web design is coming from is, is a highly customized user experience. I mean, we all like our Netflix to recommend things to us based upon our preferences and stuff like that. You, you gotta be careful and you gotta be subtle with it, but, but that's where I, I think that next, uh, the next big thing is, is coming in is, is the, is a shift in, in content. Um, but I really like what Sarah said and it's, it's genius. The idea that, you know, just a little subtle change, you know, just changing a button's color can can make your website seem fresh. If you're, you know, this is why it's important to maintain a relationship with clients after you build their website. Don't ghost them. Like we have a regular thing we send out now um, before a big holiday. Are your are your hours on your website up to date? Like send reminders every month to remember to look at something on your website. Hey, check this out. Is this up to date on your website? Um, because one, from time to time, people are going to respond. Hey, you know, I've been thinking I need to do this. Um, and if thing if business gets really slow, go out to some of the the oldest websites you have and come up with a suggestion like Sarah just said and reach out to that client and say, Hey, listen, I was overlooking at your website and I had this idea, you know, if we just change this button, da, 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 you know, for $250 for $400, like your website would feel like a totally new refreshed website. Um, and boom, you've picked up a little extra change, uh, in a oh, slow yeah. month. Oh, that's yeah, that's such a good point. Cause mm. the, uh, it's like 10 times easier at least to get someone who's already paid you money to pay you money again, opposed to finding someone new and going through that whole process. So it's like, there's so much low hanging fruit with, with existing and, and past clients that like, it's yeah, it just also often gets neglected when that's like gold, you just have to go and grab yeah. it and then do the things that Eric. Yeah. And often I think they can get to that point of feeling like, Oh, my website's really like outdated. I guess I need a new one. So like often they'll appreciate and maybe they'll still say, you know what? I just want a whole new website. And then, yeah, you know, it's happened. Great. That That's fabulous. But Absolutely. a lot of clients will appreciate that thought of they're not just trying to sell me a whole new website. Maybe this is a great, good idea. Um, mm, so, yeah. yeah. And if you, if you maybe. don't do it, yeah, if you don't do it, somebody else is eventually going to reach out to them, you know. Yeah, and they're going to say, "Oh, you've got Divi. Yeah. We need to like rebuild this well with Elementor." That's that's your issue. Your issue yeah. is Divi. The amount of times yeah. I've seen yeah. that, like your issue is Divi. We need to change this to Elementor or to Beaver Builder or to whatever their favorite thing is to work with. And really, it's got nothing to do with the builder. It's you know. Yeah. It's about yeah. the fact that the the site feels outdated, and how are they going to approach fixing that issue at that point? Yeah, some sometimes though it it, it is the builder or how the site is made. I had a, a guy who's a lawyer, <laughs> and the previous person who built his site, like I don't know if it was like an intentional way to like lock him in or what, but like he had built a like custom theme with oh, PHP yeah. templates, and yep. the content 
was hard coded into the PHP template. So he had a separate PHP page before. template for each page, the about page, contact page, and all of the content was hard coded in. Yeah. So when you would go to like the about page to like fix a typo or something, there's nothing there. Like in within WordPress, there was no content in the database. <laughs> yeah. It was all stored in the PHP file. It was like, or oh at God. the very minimum, <laughs> it's all done with custom fields. And so like, like you say, the template has all been done with custom PHP. I've heard yeah. a lot of agencies here in Canberra do it where they do, they build their own theme, then they just put custom fields for everything and the people just, and sure, it makes it easy for them, but as soon as they want to make any change, they can't and the agencies have locked them to them. Yeah. And so in that case, I've rebuilt a number of websites with Divi where we made it look the same. Maybe I tweaked a few things to just freshen it up a little bit, but we just rebuilt it with Divi purely so they had the ability to yeah. edit their own content. Yeah, and they sell them on the fact that, oh, you can easily edit. Look how easy with these fields. Mm. You just change the content. And, and so it like, but it's deceiving. Because they're like, like, but well, can yeah. I add an image? No, like, you can't add an image. Like, you can literally no. just edit text. That's it. Yeah. You can pay <laughs> us yeah. like $1,000 and we'll add a, an option for you to add an image. Like, <laughs> yeah. what? Yeah. So it's and part of are, that. Sorry, Eric, go on. I was just going to say, and those... We've had two or three um, clients come on this year um, that was that same kind of thing, Sarah. And we just really, at a pretty decent, you know, price, um, just rebuild it, the site. Because yeah, we, we were going to have to do any design. It rebuild in Divi. Yeah, yeah. And the design was great and the content was already there. And my thing was, hey, if you want to sign up for our maintenance and hosting, we, you know, we need to spend a little bit of time. So for... You know, one site, it was like, I think we charged him like $800 because it, it was literally a one page site. Um, and then she had another site and we charged her $2,000 uh, to convert it over. But she's a great client. I've got, you know, I covered my cost. I got two new, you know, websites on maintenance and hosting. I'm happy. She's happy. So I have even so rebuilt someone's for free because I knew it was going to be such a pain in the ass to work with moving forward. And it was going to take me like five hours to rebuild it. And I was like, oh, you yeah. know what? They don't even need to know that I'm rebuilding yeah. it. Yeah. I'm just going to do it. This is more for me yeah. than it is for them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Because it makes things a lot easier. So it's one of the yeah. things I just picked up on there as part of the recipe for success is uh, – there will be clients, uh, not, not all clients, not all clients who want the ability to edit the content, but also for uh, part of the success is also if you're going to pick up a website from somebody else and they've done exactly what Tim, Tim described, then uh, you're going to make uh, somebody else's life a, a huge misery by not following, you know, some basic principles and rules and standards um, part of the recipe for long-term success is that it will last and that somebody else can go onto that site and hit the ground running with it. Um, we have hit over the top of the hour tonight. Um, there was also one thing, actually, just before I move on to that, uh, and we were talking about animation earlier, and Greg came up with a really good point about um, don't get too carried away with animation uh, because uh, you, uh, if you add too many things in coming in from the side or some weird things going on with images, then the jumping shift in the page is going to have uh, an effect on your cumulative layout shift. 
and that is going to um, potentially um, nobody's really ever properly confirmed this yet google say that it does um, it's going to have an effect on your cls and your web vitals which we covered in a previous episode of divi chat so thanks to everybody for uh coming this evening um if you enjoyed the show then uh please go to rate this podcast.com forward slash divi chat we would love it if you would hit the like button as well uh on uh whether you're on facebook or youtube or wherever you're um visiting us from this evening and uh and that's it uh thank you all very much for coming uh we will see you all next week for episode 240 of divi chat take care everyone bye-bye <laughs>